Welcome in, everybody, to the Westside Sports Podcast. It is September 12th, 2023. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. Uh, first off the rip, I just want to say apologies, and I feel like I'm being redundant here by saying this because I feel like this has been a repetitive pattern. Apologies for the, the uh, downtime in between podcasts. It, I meant to get on this mic, and to be honest with you, I didn't really want to, like, just being real, being honest. The reason why I said I didn't want to is because, well, the last time I thought about doing doing a podcast, this would be an interesting timeline here, the Mariners were god-awful. Um, they were abysmal. They were an embarrassment, whatever other term, at the adjective you want to use, throw in, right? They are bad. Uh, Seahawks were like and just about to start training camp. We were doing training camp takeaways or like pre-OTA stuff. Like A lot has changed. A lot has changed. And with that said, we have a ton to get into today. I'm going to try and keep it as structured as I can. Usually I have a formatted. I have everything written down ahead of time. I'm just jumping on my mic and I pressed the red button and I'm just going to talk. Because I've had a lot of things on my mind when I'm watching our Seattle sport franchises right now. The Mariners, the Seahawks. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Huskies and Pac-12 and all that stuff as well. But when I start looking at this landscape, right, and I... So the timeline of where we started was in the, with the last podcast. Mariners sucked. Uh, they couldn't hit a baseball to say to save their lives. I, I don't know how many jokes I can make about Ty France. Can't hit the broadside of, of a barn, as the saying goes. Shout out to The Rookie. Still the greatest baseball movie of all time. Um, or one of. Maybe you want to say Sandlot. Whatever. To each their own. So the Mariners were bad. Obviously, we had this amazing historic run. Uh, Julio Rodriguez goes on a crazy pace, 17 hits in the inside the four games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not going to re- re-recite the past for you guys. You guys know what, you know, happened. If you're diehard fans, you know. So we, w- we witnessed this rise of the Mariners, right? The hitting starts clicking. Julio's on fire. Cal continues to hit the, the ball well. Teoscar, August. Oh. <sighs> Not good. Not good. No, excuse me. Excuse me. July. Wow, that's going to sound great. July, he was like a 509 OPS on base percentage plus slugging, for those who don't know. Um, And then he goes on this, This we're witness, we, we watched, what we watched earlier, right? With Julio and Teoscar, it's baffling. It makes you say just, wow. Like, I don't know what better word to say than wow. It was just incredibly impressive. But the reason why I'm bringing up this hot streak and everything is because I want to make what I'm going to say justified. So just follow me here. The Mariners right now, ladies and gentlemen, are a god-awful baseball team. They are. A lot of people are going to just, some people will agree, some people won't. That's just the nature of sports. Makes it great. But they're a bad team right now. The pitching is struggling. The bullpen is awful. I don't want to hear the excuses anymore of their of their tired. Everybody on that team is t- is tired. They're exhausted. They're wiped out. Whatever, you know, whatever word you want to use for it, right? The tank is empty. Everybody's tired. So I don't really want to hear it from the bullpen anymore. We are competing for the division. Or at one point, excuse me, we were. Not anymore. 
Not anymore. You can reset that narrative tonight. You can with a win, but you got to start somewhere. But this whole last two and a half, three weeks, this is bad. I'm trying to keep it clean. I've been last my last couple podcasts have been pretty spicy, so I'm trying to keep that at its current and you know, I'm trying to use it at a time that's most appropriate is what I should say. Regardless, I I'm watching that game last night. I just didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it deep in my loins that they weren't gonna win this game. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't feel right. A lot of people are gonna say, "What you base your opinion on who's gonna win the game because of what your vibe check is?" Sometimes. And usually my gut doesn't lead me wrong, you know. But we witnessed another great game from Julio Rodriguez last night. We did, right? Go gets clocks four hits, hits a home run that should never. I don't even know how he possibly hit that ball so hard that it went out on the on the tra- trajectory that it did. I was in bed. I went to, I went to sleep because I got to be up at four in the morning for work. Anyways, the Mariners are struggling, right? There's a couple people on this roster. One specific guy, and man, I try not to isolate guys or isolate certain players because it's not really fair most of the time because it's a team sport. But with it being a team sport, it's still an individual-based performance business, right? How you pitch, how you hit is your choice. It's your ability, right? Dominic Leon, why in God's green earth are you on this roster right now? Why? Jerry, you have Prelander Baroa, you have Ryder Ryan, you've got, I'm, hell, Casey Sadler should be good to go. He's been rehabbing in AAA for like a month and a half now. He's ready to go. Casey Sadler was exceptional two years ago. Two years ago sounds right for Casey Sadler. But this whole experiment with Dominic Leone, whatever you guys are trying to do here, cut the crap. Jerry, honestly, Scott, Justin, who's ever, excuse me, I shouldn't include Scott with this because player personnel decisions, sometimes in the fact, like, they will bring Scott in, but this is mostly a Jerry and Justin kind of a thing, right? Get this bum off the damn roster. Get by. Good riddance. Why the hell are you on this team? You suck. You are awful. Like, I... What did Ryder Ryan do? Like referencing and shout out to Lockdown Mariners at Ty Dinkins, all those who referenced yesterday. What the hell did Ryder Ryan do? It's a great pitching name, by the way. Great name. But he didn't do anything. Give me 110. Give me anybody. Anybody. Travis Kuhn, for all I care, in double A. Steven Kolek. Whatever the name you want it to be, right? I'm just listing every possible name that Relief Arm part. Like Sam Carlson. Anybody but Dominic Leon. I don't care what your what your reasoning is. It's never going to be justified for me. We are in a pennant race. We are in a playoff race. Jerry and Justin, cut the crap. Re- just stop. This isn't time to be cute. This isn't the time to say, oh, look at us, finding another gem inside the rough, diamond inside the rough. I don't give a damn. Get him off the team. And find somebody who, who can help. The bullpen's exhausted. It's it's all right. Like I said, this is like the fifth time in this podcast. I've said I've said this already. The podcast the the podcast the bullpen is wiped right now. Matt Bryce leads all MLB and relief pitch, uh, relief pitcher appearances. So why 
If he's not good, go fight. You brought up Anthony Bizzardo, who hasn't done a damn thing either. Get rid of him. Who cares? Who cares? Just going to leave that there. So, we talked about Seahawks. And we're going to do, or excuse me, Mariners. I am just counter backwards today. We're going to do Seahawks at the very end today. I want to take a couple minutes to talk about this Pac-12 situation. What happened? Larry Scott, you sure screwed the pooch. This is so hard to keep this clean for you guys. I'm going to really, really try. I have loved Husky football since I was a kid. Loved it. I love. I was like the the Jake Locker era was like my pinnacle of watching, which obviously is a quarterback. No due disrespect, Jake Locker. Wasn't the greatest to watch. He was fun, but Duke couldn't stay healthy to save his life. Right? Tough as hell, though. Tough as hell. Great guy. I don't. I don't understand why it took so long and why it had to go the way it did for the collapse of an, a conference of a, you know, a conference of champions as Bell Walton, who I just can't stand say, but it's a cool s- statement. So I'm going to go with it. The Huskies, the Trojans, the Bruins, the Cardinals, the Wildcats, the Sun Devils. I'm trying to list as many names. Beavers, Ducks. Everyone but the Beavers and the Cougars are gone. Because Larry Scott screwed this conference. Screwed the future of this wonderful collective of teams and colleges and players. Look at the AP Top 25 right now, ladies and gentlemen. Children of all ages who listen to to, to this podcast. Just, just take me one moment and look at that ranking. There are eight teams in the pack who are on that AP top 25 <laughs> Caleb Williams Michael Penix Bo Nix just a couple quarterbacks to start the list and two out of those three guys maybe Bo Nix is too are in will be in the Heisman conversation for most of the year and now the conference is gone because he was lazy he bearing Larry Scott um and then the new guy George Belitnikoff, I believe his last name is. It's a hell of a last name. This is, this is like painful for me to like verbalize this to you guys. I don't know why, how, what it's going to feel like next college football season when I'm not watching the Pac-12, like I've done watching the Pac my entire life, all my teenage years, all my kid years. Every Saturday, I'd watch Miami and I'd watch obviously. UW and I'd watch Oregon and USC with Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. I was a big SC kid. And it's just, it's so tragic to see this beautiful conference go by the wayside because things just weren't done in a timely fashion. It's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And the worst part is, as much as it's not acceptable, what the hell are you going to do to fix it now? Nothing. Because the decision's been made, and that's that. Go Huskies. Let's keep, let's keep this going forward. Let's go in. Let's go and bring. Let's bring up the vibes of this podcast. Because that's just, I had to get that out, uh, out of the way. It's just, it's a very, very tough subject for me. Shout out on a quick second here, Um, on, on a side note. Jets fans, I know I got one buddy, Travis, who listens to this. Um, Sorry, buddy about Aaron Rodgers. This sucks, obviously. No one likes seeing anybody get hurt if you do. Um, check yourself before you wreck yourself and go touch some grass outside. 
wishing ill on somebody is never healthy. It's never right. I don't care how poorly things are to people. I mean, I guess there's always a place and a time for certain things, depending upon the um, the opportunity or the uh, overall. What's the word I'm looking for here? Sorry, crap. I'm just jumping all over the place here. I'm just gonna drop it. Anyways, this is what I'm trying to say about just what it's been watching the Huskies struggle, walk away. Pack is gone. Mariners playing great. It was like the saving grace of my life in my sports world, right? And then they're falling down. And then we got to the Seahawks game. Oh, the Seahawks game. So many things that I took away from this game. Number one, first and foremost, you lose your two starting tackles. You're not winning any game. I don't give a damn who you are. I don't give a damn how good of a coach you are. You're not winning that game. So it sucks. However, however, there are two things to take away from this with the, with the tackles. We obviously glaringly needed a backup. So we went on and got Jason Peters, 41-year-old tackle, specifically a left tackle. Um, I don't know what this means as far as Abe Lucas is for right tackle for this coming week. Obviously, I get more information. Uh, find me at Twitter or on my Twitter handle at PNW Professor Caps. Um, I try and post all the stuff from Corbin Smith and all those guys, Rob Rang, and the insiders. But this is a god awful, f- f- just bad football game. Bad experience. Bad ex- waste of my time. It was a waste of my time. It was. And the reason why I was a waste of my time is because I saw a defense that was considerably better against the run sure but the passing game looked like it used to be where we played 10 yards off and then in zone and then collapsed which drove all of us crazy i thought we were past those days i digress geno smith no opportunity to do anything no like i said no tackles geno is not gonna have time to cook do anything you're lucky you got what you got as crappy as that sounds however that's just the cause honest truth um, rookie wise, Jackson Smith and Jigba did a little bit, just a little underwhelmed in general. Just the play calling in general was just vanilla. It was bland. Why are we doing a, a, a deep shot on third and four and lose all that inertia and the momentum was rolling downhill? And I just didn't really understand the logic behind the decisions that they did with the play calls from Shane Waldron. Uh, Ken Walker looked okay. I don't know why we didn't keep her running the ball. I just don't understand. The basis of Pete Carroll's system is to run the football with absolute conviction, right? So you had, I think he had 11 carries for 62 yards, right? I was talking this with somebody else today. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't smell. The smell test isn't passing. Pete, like, why are you not doing the baseline of what is the fundamental part of your system? Running the football. When you guys drafted Zach Charbonnet, right, you said without a doubt that you wanted to get back to your roots of running hard. Zach Charbonnet had three freaking carries yesterday. What are we doing? Bobby Wagner, God bless you. 19 tackles. Solid. Solid, solid, solid. Jordan Brooks, 12 tackles. Uh, he looked phenomenal, especially considering the circumstances. It just blows my mind. He's still even on the football field. Trey Brown cooked. Got 
cooked physically, cooked mentally, just cooked. I don't, I really, like I said, I don't take pleasure in giving guys gruff, but when I watch that kind of football and Trey Brown can't cover anybody and he's getting drugged, dude, come on, man. Devin Weatherspoon, uh, we're, we're ready for you, bud. And speaking of, De- of Devin Weatherspoon, uh, Pete Carroll said that he will practice with the anticipation that he will be ready to go this Sunday, which should be huge. Especially when the Lions have Amon Ross St. Brown, um, Jameer Gibbs. They got a squad. They're going to be tough. They're going to be very, very tough. And I think we'll be lucky to win this game. I really hope we do because last season uh, when we played the Lions, it was one of my favorite games of the season in general. High flying, lots of points. Uh, Tariq Wallen uh, had a pick six off Jared Goff. That was awesome. Um, so we'll be curious to see what becomes of it, but I don't really, don't really have a whole lot to go off of, especially with everything that's up in the air. It's just kind of, uh, can we figure it out in enough time to make it work for Sunday? That's kind of the situation we are. And especially for the fact that we play at 10 AM Sunday, just gives us that less three hours less of time to prep in general. Uh, speaking of rookies, Derek Hall, uh, didn't really do much. Anything didn't show up. Mike Morris. Saw him on the field. Didn't see a whole lot out of him. Um, obviously, Jaron Reed was fantastic blocking the kick. Uh, he was really dominant on the inside. Draymond Jones was okay. Okay, I guess. But um, I would obviously need to see more for the highly paid defensive player. Uh, the highest paid player in general that Pete and John have ever paid in their tenure in Seattle. And I want to end this Seahawk podcast or the Seahawk segment and the podcast today on DK Metcalf. What happened with DK Metcalf is not excusable, obviously. I have tweeted my opinions on it. I have loud perspective on this because he's a mentor. He's a role model for so many other kids and teenagers who look up to him, right? And want to sing his praises and you know be like him and then you're bullying a football player on the field and then you cause this a flag because you don't know how to shut your pie hole as my dad says um i'm sick of this crap man i'm trying to keep this clean um i'm i am i'm sick of the childish like mentality of dk metcalf i'm tired of his weak mental status uh i don't care how alpha you are you have like you i remember saw the stat the night after the night of that game he leads dk metcalf being he he leads all of nfl and like unsportsmanlike penalties for a wide receiver i don't give a damn how titled you are and how prideful you are i don't give a damn if they're calling you names that aren't appropriate, I don't give a damn for whatever your excuses, DK. I heard what you talked about at, at that press conference. It was a freaking joke. So do me a favor, DK. I'm going to say this one last time. And part of my French, it's time to pull your head out of your ass and start playing some damn football. Shut up and play football. I'm going to leave it at that. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, if I start seeing a turnaround, we get some more juicy info in general. 
Um, I will let you guys know. I'll hop back on the mic and we will address it then. But until then, you guys have an absolutely beautiful, fantastic day. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy day. God bless. And I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.